Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. An absolutely bizarre and wild night in Minnesota last evening and questions that still remain for two teams in the NFL. It is Chris Carlin and Courtney Cronin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. And of course, on your smart speaker, we are presented by Progressive Insurance and all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Courtney, it was a late night for you up at U.S. Bank Stadium. We appreciate you being with us this morning. What's going on? Oh, man, they just can't make it easy. Twelve games this season have played out in similar fashion to what you saw on Thursday night football. And my gosh, Chris, this team was up 29-0 to with two minutes to go in the third quarter. And can... this is what happened. How? My, co- my heart, I'm 31 years old. My heart cannot handle games like this anymore. My central nervous system is a wreck. Like it just, but every single week, coming off the Detroit loss and what happened on that final drive, and yeah, their defense pulls out two big stops there at the at, at the end of the game, and then at the end of the first half, for the first time all season, it felt like they actually like had a two minute defense that was successful. But good lord, they almost gave up a a comeback of historic proportions that would have been the largest comeback in the regular season in NFL history. Absolutely. Stave it off. Absolutely nuts last night. Make sure you're a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is heating up and fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. And we are starting right here with Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And look, That is as bad of a win as you can possibly have, especially when you are a head coach that potentially could have gotten fired if you lost the game last night. Not just how it played out. If it had just been a normal loss, Mike Zibber might have been fired this morning. But instead, they end up winning, yet they feel probably just as awful about it as if they had lost the game, Courtney. Yeah, Mike Zimmer comes into his postgame presser in, in a very sardonic way, said, okay, that was fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just think it was so cathartic at that moment for him to be at the podium realizing, okay, the speculation isn't gone about my job, but I'm, I survived for another week. This is a team that in the first half could beat anybody. And in the second half, they look like they could get beaten by anybody. That's been the microcosm of their entire season. And it played out in a full half of a full game of football last night. And I just think that, This Vikings team has so many flaws that continue to get exposed, yet because the Steelers decided to leave their starters at home, and then they brought them to U.S. Bank Stadium for the second half after the junior varsity first half, what Mike Tomlin called them, um, it was too little too late. And I, I don't know. I mean, these were two teams that should not have been in this position at all, especially with how the offense played, how Dalvin Cook played for Minnesota early in the first half, and, and then they just completely collapsed. Like, but these are the things with both of these teams. We knew it was going to be a close game because they've played in so many one-score games this season that this shouldn't surprise anybody in spite of it still being 29-0 to with over two minutes to play in the third quarter. Yeah, and just bothersome on so many fronts for both teams. Here's Mike Tomlin about the very idea of benching players in the game. Same. Same. We will we will not be bashful about turning the stones over. When you say not be bashful, does that extend to the coaching staff at this point? What do you mean? A uh, coach hadn't made a play, sustained a block, made a tackle, <laughs> and I know I hadn't in a long time. Wow. 
I'll tell you, it, listen, so many times in that situation, you'd, you'd hear, we got to play better, we got to coach better. The one thing you can always say about Mike Tomlin is he's going to tell you exactly what he's thinking. And from a coach's perspective, it was an absolutely disgusting first half for the Steelers to watch, and I, or for Tomlin to watch. And I, I don't blame him one bit. There are times when you can actually absolve yourself of responsibility. And if you're a coach, how do you look yourself uh, in the mirror and say, like, I didn't get my team ready or I didn't know what I was doing here when you watch a game like that. There are times when coaches know that. Mike Tomlin clearly did not feel that way last night. No, and I just think that the boneheadedness of some of his players, oh. like Chase Claypool, that's got to make him furious on the inside because you think about that final drive for Pittsburgh and Chase Claypool ce- celebrating the first down, that's five seconds off the clock. That's one extra play that you could have gotten off and maybe even sent the game forced overtime at that point. So you look at this from top to bottom. The pass protection was terrible. Ben Roethlisberger sacked four times in the first half. And then the offense finally comes alive. And to lose like that after playing so poorly, coming off of such a you know cr- incredible win against the Baltimore Ravens that was supposed to give this team some juice. Like, I thought the Steelers were for real after that game. Now, I mean, they are who we thought they were all season. They are a bad football team, and it's over. They are an inconsistent, bad football team, and they drew a bad spot on a short week, but that's no excuse for what happened. Here's Claypool, and Courtney, this absolutely drives me nuts. Claypool and then Ben Roethlisberger, the both of them, on what happened at the end of the game when Claypool pointed for the first down as the clock continues to run for the Steelers. Yeah, um, you know, Definitely got to be better. Uh, I got tackled near the hash, did my little first down point, and uh, went to hand the ball to the ref. He, he had just got there. Um, so even if I got right up and looked for him, he just wasn't there. So he, he ran down the field to come get the ball, and the ball got knocked out of my hands. That's what cost us time. Um, but I definitely do have to be better. Uh, I knew the situation. I knew, you know, I know I'm near the hash. I know the ball's placed on the hash, but I got to be better. Translation, I have to be better, but I know it's not my fault anyway. And then (laughs) Roethlisberger is asked after the game, Courtney, about whether or not it's his responsibility to talk to a player like Claypool after a situation like this. It's not really my job. I mean, that's to me, that that goes up to Coach Tomlin. That's what he needs to do. That's his job as as the head coach. It's not as as the quarterback. It's my job to, to, to help manage what we do on the field and getting first downs and trying to score. Um dealing with player issues and, and whatever else you want to say, that's that's the coach's job, not mine. To me, that's two things here. That's uh, one player not wanting to own up to responsibility and doing it in the very barest of terms, and another guy who is an 18-year quarterback who wanted to come back this year and you know keeps reminding people that he took a pay cut to come back wanting nothing to do with having to hold other players accountable. Courtney, did that responsibility go away when you took a $5 million pay cut? Was that kind of taken out of your contract? I don't think so. I don't either. And I mean, but that's Ben Roethlisberger. This is yeah. the same guy who said when Mason Rudolph came in, like, it's not my responsibility to get him up to speed and, and make him an NFL quarterback. So that doesn't surprise me. Chase Claypool was benched for a reason. And it wasn't just that final drive. Think about what happened 
in the beginning of the game. Mm. He starts with a 15-yard personal foul penalty on the Steelers' first possession. Second possession when he stretches and loses the ball, like that should have been a fumble, but they're going to say his quad was down. Okay. The very next play, he misses a block that allows Xavier Woods to you know, drop Najee Harris for a big loss on third and one. Like, everything came to a head for him in the first half, and then he says he has situational awareness, and he very clearly doesn't. Like, he admitted he knew the situation right there and still ended up doing what he did on that final drive, that point, you know, the first down point and and flipping the ball to the ref. That cost you five seconds. That was an extra play. If Ben Roethlisberger had one more chance to hit Pat Fryermuth or somebody else, I mean, that was a tight window throw that he had in the end zone and, a, you know, a great route by the tight end. It was just well covered. And if you had one more chance, you might be tying up that game, sending it to overtime, and it's a completely different story. I think the benching for him was completely justified. And if I'm Ben Roethlisberger and everybody else in the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm irritated. We are just getting started. This has been Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. There's the whole Viking side of it, too, that we have to get to here in just moments, and we will. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. If your pet passenger is injured in a car accident, get help paying for your vet expenses. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Get a quote at Progressive.com. Is Kirk Cousins just misunderstood as a player, we welcome in one of our experts in just moments. There is so much to get to today. A huge NFL weekend on this football Friday. The Heisman Trophy tomorrow night as well. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, and for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Massive NFL weekend this week, and it all began last night. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only 299 bucks. No contract, all on America's best network. Straight Talk Wireless, 5G-capable device required, actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Tough night last night. For our next guest, Courtney, noted Purdue alum, ESPN mm. NFL analyst, Rob Nankovich joining us in studio to give the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. 
No contract, no compromise. Let's just start it. Inside Williams with seven. One-on-one with Amori. Gets inside, puts it up and in with 3.4 to go. Get it to Harper with three, with two, with one. Harper for the win. Got it! Let's go! Harper Jr. Let's go! Game winner at the buzzer. Let's go! How you doing? It's devastating. Well, Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty, they're my two buddies. They'll probably... Direct message me or text me later. How about the Rutgers? Oh, Rutgers. <laughs> Rutgers, Rutgers, Rutgers. Like, oh, yeah, Rutgers is so good. Yeah, I was, was there. Great they were pretty good. It's a great ending. It's a great ending. You know, it's exciting. Everyone's happy. And it's just, you know, at the, the cost of my just misery, I guess. Wow. It's the way it is. That's, that's that basketball. It's basketball. All right. Happens. Happens. Got a long way to go still. Better than name is Nikovich. That's what I'm hearing right Ugh. now. Uh, you know what helped the intro with uh, the the song intro? That's mm-hmm. what cheered me up a little bit before right. you let me down. Exactly, it'll just, you know, just coming in with a little Bob Marley. It's just we jamming. It'll 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 just cool you off. Yes, exactly. That's right. All right. Last night um, we start with the Vikings. Courtney and I were talking about this uh, a minute ago. Just the the notion that when it comes to having a win, when you're Mike Zimmer and you need one in the worst way, that probably feels like as bad of a win as you can have. If you're if you're a team if you're the Vikings in that locker room, how are you feeling after that game? Uh woof. Whew. Whew. Yeah. We got we we survived that one, but they wanted to give it away. It's 29 to nothing. And they almost tie it up. You know, they had 2 seconds left. They had throw a ball in the end zone. Perfectly thrown ball by Roethlisberger with three defenders. The ball's dropped. And they lose, they lose, the Steelers lose by eight. But if you're the Vikings, you're kind of like, man, we, uh, we made this a lot harder on ourselves than we really needed it to be. Two turnovers, two critical interceptions, uh, you know, that, that, uh, the taunting penalty. I think that was a huge turning point in that game. That you have a TFL, would have been a big momentum swing there. Taunting, first down, touchdown, interception, there's 14, three and out. There's 21. I mean, it was a massive swing quickly, but that you know the Vikings do have that big over-the-top throw, which could have been an easy push off there on that on that mm-hmm. one toss there uh, by Cousins. But they get the job done. They win, but it wasn't one of those wins where you're like, oh, we feel great about this one. It was like, whoa, well, maybe both of these teams are kind of what they look like, just yeah, average, below flawed, average. Yes. flawed in many flawed. different flawed. respects. Yes, flawed. <laughs> Um, am I wrong to think, or I had belief in the Steelers team going into this game. They, you know, take the Ravens down to the wire because of a flawed two-point conversion call. Uh, they win last week. And so I'm going into this game saying, man, they're playing for Ben Roethlisberger. They know it's his last season. They're going to be coming in with a lot of momentum and a lot to prove and a lot to carry the rest of the season. And then Ben Roethlisberger looks every bit of 39 out there. Mm-hmm. Um did the offense fail him, or was it something something else? Was it coaching? Because that first half was just abysmal, and it, I, I can't really I can't really wrap my head around. Did the Steelers leave their starters at home? Like what happened? No, their defense failed Roethlisberger. <laughs> I mean, they gave up to what two hundred and five yards rushing. There were points in the game where nobody touched the running back, and he was just waltzing into the end zone. So I think defensively, they got a lot of guys that were, you know, they were not there they weren't present they didn't even get off the bus they were basically wanting other people to make a play and when you have that your defense is just so porous I, I it's just so weird to see a Steelers defense 
just look like that. We you really have never seen that. It, it hasn't been the case considering, you know, the the Steelers are history based on having good defense that's competitive. It's bad. It was a bad bad showing and you know, I think the Vikings let let them back in it. They opened the door. If they would have taken care of the football and just been a little bit smarter, it would not have been even nearly as close as it was. ESPN NFL analyst Rob Ninkovich joining us in studio. And uh, Dalvin Cook was the guy that had over the 200 yards. He was in the zone last night. In the zone, brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. We heard Mike Tomlin earlier and was asked, you know, we're going to bench players. We're going to leave no stone unturned. But when it comes to the coaches, I'm not the one out there holding the block. I'm not the one doing this and doing that. It's so rare that you would hear that from a coach. Mm-hmm. So from a player's perspective, in this particular situation, how would you take that? Uh, that everyone's on notice and we're going to be doing a lot of evaluating on who, who gives us the best opportunity to win. And there's also some coaching flaws there too as well. When you have a team that looks the way that they looked, um, there are definitely preparation flaws and you know, some of it goes probably back to the rules in place now. You can't put pads on. You can't practice half line. You can't do all the run um, blocking that they used to do in years past. So I think you're, you're seeing that reflection in the, the actual play on the field. The running game, you know, defensively, just it doesn't look like guys have the proper techniques. And then offensively, um, you know, the, the play at the end where they get the first down and you want to do the first down signal instead of just rush to get the ball down, spotted, and have the ball snapped and stop the clock. There was probably a two, maybe two plays that they could have ran if, if they just take care of that situation better. And that's situational football. That's situational awareness. That's coaching. That's, hey, listen, when you get the first down, like if you saw Larry Fitzgerald get a first down at the end of a game, the first thing he does is he's running to spot the ball. He's doing it for the ref. He's not, he's not even looking at it. He's trying to put the ball down. Where's the ref? Get the ball down. Snap it. Let's go. We need, that. We need these vital seconds. Um, and that wasn't the case. There was some issues there with the Steelers, and that comes down um, to being aware of your situations and playing for the Patriots and having Bill. That's all he preached. Understand where you're at in the game, understand you're down in distances, under, understand the situation, understand everything that can possibly happen, and you'll give us a better shot of winning this football as opposed to people going out there and losing these games because you're just giving away points when you do that. Yeah, he, he tried to play it off that he was looking for the ref. He wasn't no. right there. He was trying to you know yes. give him the ball. But at the end, he said, I knew the situation. I know I'm near the hash. I know the ball is placed on the hash. I've got to be better. So kind of walked it back and being like, yeah, it was actually on me. But I thought it was interesting that Ben Roethlisberger after the game, Rob, said that a situation like that, everything that kind of happened with Chase Claypool and unfolded starting Mm -hmm. on the very first play with that unsportsmanlike penalty, that that's on coaching to get through. Like Ben Roethlisberger kind of hands-off approach there, saying, you know, that's on the coaches to handle. I'm just trying to get us first downs, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think a two-parter here, like – what was your response to Ben Roethlisberger saying that? And do you think that Chase Claypool got the messaging from that first half benching and the way he played in the third quarter? No, no, not at all. And, and I think it definitely goes back to coaching because it's up to the coach. And Bill, I'll say exactly what he would coach us on. And he'd be up there at the front of the, the room and he'd say, players win games, coaches lose games. And it's up to the players to go out there and execute. It's up to the coaches to put the players in the best possible position to execute. And if you're not given all the information and everything and, and 
That's what a coach is there to do. He's there to give you every possible ounce of information to give you your best chance of performing at a high level. And Claypool, yeah, he's a great receiver. He's great. But he seems to be a me guy. And a me guy wants to show that he got a first down. Well, if I'm the defender, I'd go, well, look at the scoreboard. You guys are down. You're going to lose this game. So after the game, yeah, great. Your stats look good. Okay, yeah, you're you're a great football player, but if you're not winning football games, like it doesn't mean anything. And I guarantee you the the Steelers take notes on every every one of these teams, they take notes and they make sure that when it comes to contracts and it comes to building rosters, they want smart football players that that put the team first. And there's a reason why certain teams are good year in and year out, and there's a reason why some teams just consistently are poor consistently are poor the Steelers are always good that's because they hide they they hold people accountable and I'm telling you Tomlin he's probably pulled him aside and said listen like that the first play the poke in the guy the first down that's 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 what losing football teams that's what losing players do they're all about me it's not about the team it's about me well I was doing my first down point and I try to give the ref the ball no no it didn't look that way to me of course, Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, ESPN NFL analyst Rob Ninkovich joining us in studio. We turn to the weekend here in 30 seconds. First, though, if you're a business owner, it can be tough to hire top talent for your team, especially when you're competing with other businesses to find the right people. So how can you get the hiring edge? Zip Recruiter, next key marketing manager, Aaron Hartje, loves Zip Recruiter's invite to apply she says, they get me, they get my job posting in front of the right people. I instantly see great candidates and I can invite them to apply for my job. So see for yourself. Just go to this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash G R E E N Y to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ziprecruiter.com slash Greeny. Okay. Who is the best team in the AFC right now? Patriots. Is it close? Well, I think that the scariest team is the Chiefs. And it's funny. We keep getting the same answer. The most dangerous, dangerous team is, is, is Kansas is the, City. Uh, yes, because of their offense. And you don't want to get in a shootout with Kansas City, and they have the people there. They have the quarterback. We know what the quarterback can do. We know what Tyreek Hill can do. We know what Travis Kelsey can do. Their defense has been probably their strongest part of the team in the last eight weeks, six weeks. They've actually – they haven't – Change any of the pieces. They've just come together as a group, as a unit, and they have played really good football as a defensive unit. So what does that do? I think that gives the offense a little bit more confidence in knowing, okay, we don't have to do everything here. We just got to get it together here for the last month of the season. Let's go out here and play football like we know how we can play football. Let's take care of the ball. Let's play smart. And with that, I look at the Patriots and the things that they've been able to do. We talk about the, the Steelers and, and technique and the Vikings and not, not being able to do the, the fundamental stuff right. The Patriots have, the, we all know, and this, yeah, okay, I played for the Patriots. They have the best coach to ever coach. He gets the team fundamentally sound. They have the techniques down on how to be the more physical football team. And if you're more physical, especially in 2021, where everybody's shying away from contact and they're not physical – when I played, linebackers were 250, 255, and they were taking on uh, powers. Bomb, you go get it. Now, inside linebackers are 235, 225. They're run around guys. They want to be fast. So safeties 
now are inside linebackers and all the DBs are super small and light and fast and everything. You could just have a big physical football team like the Patriots where they're just, okay, we'll run the ball. You put it, put the whole team in front of, put everybody you want in front of us. We'll just run you over and consistently do that. And the, the Buffalo Bills were another example of this. They knew the Patriots weren't running the, or weren't passing the football. The Patriots were just going to run the ball every single down. Could they stop them? No. If they were able to stop the run, the Patriots lose that football game. They're able to impose their will on teams. Now, I think that makes them the most dangerous team in the AFC because look at the teams around the league right now. There's a lot of holes all over the place. You're seeing teams lose. You're like, what the heck's going on here? So I really think that the Patriots, if they can keep it up, my only nervous, the only thing that scares me about them is if they play a Kansas City Chiefs team that's on and they have to actually throw the ball like a Patrick Mahomes or like uh, Tom Brady or some of these guys that can just throw the ball all the way around the like backyard football, that's their limitation. So they have to play from ahead, and they have to control the clock, play smart situational football. That's, that's how they win. That's the blueprint. New England able to impose their will on teams, also able to live rent-free, Bill Belichick, that is, mm. uh, in, in people's heads, just like Sean McDermott. Yep. And that makes me wonder about Week 14 for the Bills. Is there any other team in the NFL that needs a win more than Buffalo? And, I mean, they go from that awful Monday night football game where they get beat by a high school offense. That's what it was yep. to have to now play the reigning NFL champions. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really hard for them to – to go down and travel to Tampa on a short week. They just played Monday night. Think about the condition. Think about the, the change in conditions. They just played in a game on Monday night where there's 50-mile-an-hour winds and it was 25 degrees. Now they're going to go to Tampa with palm trees and sun, and it's probably a little bit more humid. They're, it's, it's completely different. Probably better suited for how they're built, honestly. Josh Allen's the best on their team, Josh Allen is their best offensive weapon. I know they have Diggs. I know they have some, you know, good pieces, but he is their best piece. When I was watching the the day ball call that game against the Patriots, in my head I'm thinking, why aren't they designing plays just for Josh Allen to run the football, use his legs? We all know it's a really tough condition. They're not running the football with success. Their only success they had running the football was Josh Allen taking the ball and pulling it down and running for first downs. So they didn't. Give, they didn't emphasize him enough, and he made some great throws. Knox let him down with some big catch, big drops that should have been caught. Um, so for them to win this game, Josh Allen's going to have to play great, and they're they're going to need this win. It's huge for if they lose this game and they keep like the Patriots are going to be the number one seed if they keep winning out. Everything's going to go through Foxborough. The weather's going to be terrible. It's going to be windy, cold, nasty, and Kansas City or Tennessee are going to have to come to New England and try and beat them at home, which is tough. It's not easy. Last one, Rob. Rob Nikovich, ESPN NFL analyst with us. What other game besides the obvious ones this weekend holds your attention the most? Um, I, I'm trying to think through the games right now. I think the Ravens-Browns game is is very interesting considering – you know, the Browns had a bye week in between and they play the Ravens, then they go back to play the Ravens again. I think that that is, a, a, is going to be a huge matchup. Both teams in that division right now, I think Cincinnati probably has the biggest edge of the, of the division. When you look at the Ravens losing to the Steelers by, you know, the two-point conversion, they go for it, they lose. The Steelers look in the way that they look. The Browns look in the way that they've been and Baker kind of struggling Seems like a wide open division. So if the Browns beat the Ravens, I mean, 
I think it's Cincinnati's maybe to take. And and that's a very interesting game. Um, another one would be, I, I really think the Bears and the Packers, like Aaron Rodgers saying we own you. How do they respond to that? Like, is that a little bit insulting? Um, but But I really think that watching the Ravens, that matchup with the Browns, it just – if they lose, if the Browns win, it just really opens up that whole division. Everyone will be the same, basically. Awesome stuff, Robin. Listen, this this Purdue team, they'll pick themselves up. They'll oh, be they okay. better. Come on, Purdue. Let's go, Boilermakers. It'll be okay. It'll be All okay. All right. I know. Hail, hail to old Purdue. Oh, hail to the old going black boiler up. All right, I'm out. Can't handle success, but that's okay. <laughs> Rob Nikovich, ESPN NFL analyst. Appreciate it, man. Thanks very much. Courtney, you know, the other thing that comes out of last night for me, is Kirk Cousins. And it's something that, I mean, you obviously have been around this uh, every day here for the last several years. We talked about this a little bit yesterday with Joe Fortenbaugh. The notion that Kirk Cousins could still be, when you look at all of the numbers across the board, could still be a quarterback that you could win a Super Bowl with if he was in a different situation. Having been around him, is that a fair statement to make, or do you feel like Cousins is still somebody that maybe is just not going to be the guy that can get you over the top? Well, we know he's not a scheme-transcendent quarterback. He has to have things that are nice around him, right? Like, And even last night, he was without the full breadth of his weapons because Adam Thielen wasn't out there. They leaned heavy on the run game. That's what you need if you're going to be Kirk Cousins in Minnesota or if you're going to be Kirk Cousins on another team next year. You need a run game. You need play action. You need a good defense that's not going to do what Minnesota did in the second half and let a team come back and nearly pull off a historic comeback. And you need a kicking game. Like, Let's not forget, buried in all of this was the fact that Greg Joseph, Minnesota's kicker, missed a field goal and a PAT in the first quarter. And it kind of felt like they were chasing those points especially when that game got close. Now, is somebody going to pay Kirk Cousins if it's not Minnesota? And remind you, he's still under contract next season. It's just the matter of fact, like, what is the Viking? What are the Vikings going to do? What direction are, go, are they going to go? He's got a $45 million cap hit. So in theory, you think, okay, how about an extension? Well, if you fire Mike Zimmer, if you move on from the current leadership group of the Minnesota Vikings and you bring in a new head coach, maybe a new GM, are they going to want a quarterback that's already there for the next couple years because of an extension? It's such a conundrum. So I think it begs the question of where does Kirk Cousins fit in best? Who are the three to four teams that are going to be calling about him this offseason? Pittsburgh should absolutely be at the top of that list. New Orleans should be at the top of that list. They're going to field calls and offers. It's just a matter of what team has the best current situation. Like that's like the thing that's been it's a narrative that's been around Kirk Cousins his entire career that he needs everything perfect around him because he's not going to consistently be able to put the team on his back and carry you through games to a win. That's just not there's so few quarterbacks though like let's be honest Chris. There's so few quarterbacks in the NFL that can be the Patrick Mahomes, that can be the Aaron Rodgers type, Tom Brady, that can do that. So that's an unfair thing, I think, that's placed on Kirk Cousins where it's like, okay, if everything's not perfect around him, he collapses. But it's reality in a way. And so wherever he ends up, it has to be a situation that's not like Minnesota right now because think about how many one-score games they've been in. A lot of it has not been because of the offense. And, yes, I know it's a team game. I know that there are moments that the offense probably put themselves in a bad spot and then they had to make up for it, and so technically it was their fault. But it's not – you can't win 
I don't think you can win with Kirk Cousins when you are in a situation like he is currently in Minnesota because that defense is going to let him down. Kirk Cousins in Pittsburgh next year, if they were to trade for him and maybe not necessarily give him the extension right away, but if the Vikings are going to blow this up and they were to trade for him, I think that is the perfect situation for him for a year and Pittsburgh could kind of figure it out from there. If he is going to be a good fit because... They don't have the guy to draft. It's not a strong draft as far as quarterbacks are concerned. And they need someone with a team that right now, they just paid T.J. Watt. They have Minka Fitzpatrick coming up. They have a team that is, even though they looked terrible last night, may not be all that far off if they get a better offensive line. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. You asked the question earlier to Rob Ninkovich, does anybody need a win bigger than the Buffalo Bills? And they've got about as difficult a challenge as you can have going to Tampa Bay, you and I shared a brain on this, that this was going to be your Super Bowl matchup at the beginning of the season. I'm so disappointed it's not the word, Courtney. Alarm's not the word. Just disturbed mainly more by what's going on with the Bills. Losing Tredavious White is an absolute killer. There's no getting around that. But when you cannot right the ship with this level of talent and have let the Patriots just walk over you and take control of the division. It's hard to argue that they are not the team that needs a win more than anybody. No, and I think you you mentioned Tredavious White, and it would have been, I think we would have been looking at a much different situation had the weather not been a factor in Buffalo last week on the Monday night game that they lost because this was the number one pass defense in the NFL. And now we actually get to see what that looks like against uh, Tampa uh, against Tom Brady in Tampa Bay this weekend. But man, if you don't right the ship now, the road to the Super Bowl is going to end up going through Foxborough. You're going to end up having blown an, a 
pivotal opportunity to take the lead in the AFC East. Now you blew it. Like, I mean, we're going to be looking back at this and say the Patriots did what they always do. Even after a slow start this season, they still came back and established dominance because they have the best coach in the NFL because they are, you know, the best at situational football. And man, I just think that Buffalo has a golden opportunity to try to regain some of that lead, some of the ground there because this could very well be a matchup that we see the second week of February. That was our pick for the Super Bowl. And if it continues this way, that you, you're also going to be worrying about the Chiefs, maybe even the Ravens. I mean, they've got to try to like put a little bit of a gap between where they were on Monday Night Football and where they could be the next couple weeks. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. If you're a business owner, it can be tough to hire top talent, but when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, you get qualified candidates sent to you. Then you can easily invite your top choices to apply. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y now to try ZipRecruiter for free. The team under the radar that desperately needs to win a game this weekend is the L.A. Rams. They lost three in a row. They beat up on the Jaguars last week. But, Courtney, the Rams have to right the ship, especially against the Cardinals team that beat the daylights out of them earlier this season if the Rams are going to find their way back into Super Bowl contention, which I think they are capable of doing. Yeah, and I think that that starts with Matthew Stafford. Like, he can't have these games where he throws pick sixes on, on back-to-back drives. I mean, you saw that in, in a number of different losses that they've had this season. Tennessee, San Francisco. When he gets the team behind the eight ball, I don't think he's a tra- as this transcendent quarterback that we thought he was going to be about put the team on your back and carry them back into games. He hasn't demonstrated the ability to do that this year. So clean football from Matthew Stafford and inju- injured Matthew Stafford. I mean, I think it is kind of ironic that every time he starts struggling, we hear, man, do you hear what kind of injury he's playing through this week? <laughs> Did you know that he lo- he left his left arm in the locker room because it was That's severed at halftime? Like those type things. Like me, yes, <laughs> just like you. <laughs> Well, it's completely true that I look at Stafford that way. I am the one that one that picked him as the MVP at the beginning of the season. But at the same time, imagine being Sean McVay right now and everything you gave up for Stafford, not that Goff was the answer, and this is where you are. You cannot feel good about that. No, not at all. And I think that time's running out for them to kind of get back into this race and be like, yeah, we are a team that's going to be establishing – the same sort of dominance we did in 2018 down the stretch and playing for a Super Bowl. It kind of feels like they're flawed, and their flaws have been exposed in primetime national games that everybody's been able to see. Mark my words, the Rams, if they win this weekend, if they win Monday night, which I believe they will, will put together a run here down the stretch of the season. It's Chris Garland, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny. We're making money next. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.